What's going on, everybody? This is Sean of Ross Like Music. And this is the Super Sunny Show. I'm La Molly. This is Blue and Green Radio. Hello and welcome along to this month's edition of the Music for Modern Living Radio Show, right here on Blue and Green Radio. You're locked in with me, Nigel Gentry. Confessions of a curly mind. Blue and Green Radio. You're listening to Steve Williams at UK5.org. Welcome to the Blue and Green Sessions. Ride the vibe with DJ Ronnie Ron. Twisted Soul with C.F. Smith. You're listening to the Blue and Green Podcast. And I hope you enjoy what we are going to say. Blueandgreenradio.com Welcome friends, you're listening to episode 3 of the Blue in Green Podcast. These series of... Podcast run in conjunction with the 21st century independent uh, soul, jazz, uh, funk, uh, Latin and hip-hop uh, radio station called Blue in Green Radio. So thanks very much for checking us out. You can visit us online anytime at blueandgreenradio.com and you can tune into the radio station via the website that we just gave you and uh, via the TuneIn radio app. Uh, as we said, these podcasts run in conjunction with uh, the radio station primarily they're a great place to meet our presenting team so um we've had uh, two fantastic episodes with um lamolly uh, up in episode one gracing our podcast with our debut episode and then we had vahe aka mr v um in episode two so please go back and check those out they're really great listens and we're thrilled that, that we've started this whole series so you get a chance to meet them and listen to their amazing shows lots more presenters uh, to come in the coming weeks these podcasts are kind of also a way for me uh, to kind of vent um, for me and others to vent our geekness that uh, being a fan of music uh, kind of um, entitles you to have so uh, there'll be a few episodes um, hopefully every month where I get to connect with a couple of older broadcasting buddies of mine um, and there's sort of three in total we used to carry the uh, the banner of the liberation frequency uh, for a series of podcasts and, uh, and the website from many many years ago and um, I'm looking forward to this being an avenue that we get to connect with as well and basically uh, reintroduce them and that name and this and that team to a whole new um, bunch of people. So uh, today's episode is uh, is myself. Have I introduced myself yet? My name's Imran. How rude. I'm sorry. Um, is me connecting with uh, two of uh, the Liberation Frequency team. Uh, we have TJ Sutherland and Dan Collicott and... Um, as we talked about that celebration of, of musical geekness, uh, I thought a really cool way for us to connect would be to talk about concerts and live gigs and those amazing, unrivaled, non-paralleled live music experiences that we all cherish uh, so much. And um, the way these shows work, each episode, we, we have two songs played. One will be my pick, which we're going to go to in a couple of seconds, and then there'll be a pick from the guest so uh, I believe TJ is uh, picking our um, our closing number but before we get there is my pick and it's going to be something somewhat related to the theme for today's show um, I'm really really when it comes to live music I'm incredibly lucky to have seen almost all of my heroes I've seen everyone from Maxwell to Jose James to D'Angelo to um, oh Nicola Conti 
Prince, I've seen Maceo Parker, I've seen uh, The Suffers, Kings Go Forth. I'm just really, really, really lucky. And it comes from living in London as well, so that makes it incredibly fortunate. Um, still a couple more on my list, I will confess. But um, so for my pick, it's I'm going to pick a song now, and it's by an artist who I didn't discuss um, in the actual show, but it was uh, a group called Sharon Jones and the Dap Kings. I'm so lucky I've seen them perform three times before Sharon Jones is just heartbreaking, heart-wrenching, uh, passing. And uh, I saw them three times and they're just the best live act that you could have seen. they just phenomenal. And uh, I tried to pick a song that kind of captures the feverant um, kind of energy that they put forward for their live shows and there was just nothing like it and so shout out to Sharon Jones and the Dap Kings and the Dap Tone Records um, and so my pick will be a track called My Man Is A Mean Man and then we'll go straight to uh, Dan and Tej and um, us talking about those uh, awesome moments from live performances so I uh, hope you guys will stick around you're listening to the Blue In Green podcast please check us out at blueingreenradio.com thanks friends hope you enjoy the show Yeah. 
been like a magical gig for you? Um, so I guess probably in, in terms of of a very unexpected uh, moment. In fact, it's an unexpected cameo. Um, I was at a Roots concert in Shepherd's Bush. I think it was about the third or fourth time I've seen the Roots in concert. So they were very much a known quantity, as in they're fantastic. Uh, I don't think you can go wrong with them live. But the thing about this gig was right towards the end, they brought on uh, a female singer. Um, and I didn't know the context of this. I don't know why they were doing it. Um, and she did something like three songs. She had this amazing voice. Uh, the audience went absolutely crazy. Um, the atmosphere was <clears throat> yeah, it, it was intense, and I think uh, I didn't really know what was going on. Um, I kind of tried to remember some of the lyrics, um, and afterwards I, I looked these lyrics up. I was trying to find who this artist was who just had the audience in the palm of her hand, and it was only a few days later that I realized it, uh, the artist was Amy Winehouse, and that was the first time I even knew of Amy Winehouse. This is the first time uh, I saw her live. I did actually uh, get an opportunity to see her before she passed away uh, at the Astoria. So uh, very lucky on that front. Actually, no, I think it was Brixton. Yeah, I think it was Brixton. But uh, very lucky on that front. But, yeah, it just blew me away because, um, obviously, anyone who's listened to Amy Winehouse knows how fantastic she is, knows what an incredible singer she is, an incredible live act. I know she's had uh, many issues, and obviously those issues have, have led to her being sort of taken from us um, way too early. But I think uh, just putting her together with The Roots, who, again, I can't, I can't um, emphasise enough, one of the best um live bands there there is let alone even in in the in the um in the sphere of hip hop but yeah putting that together and knowing that I saw that and and kind of putting that on my list of just uh one of the one of the most incredible experiences I think I've had that sounds magical dude quest love what you had talked about the fact he wanted to do a project with her it was her uh, uh it's R&B producer Rafael Sadiq and uh, Amy Winehouse the three of them had sort of jokingly talked about I think putting the project together, and uh, well, obviously, shame that never happened. But yeah, he was a diehard fan. I mean, it was, it was, as I said, it was like she hadn't. I think she probably had a first album um, had been released uh, a few years previous to this, but Back in Black hadn't blown up to the level that we know it did. So yeah, it was it, it was really strange. Um, because her voice sounds so familiar and reassuring, as in it was just like, um, I was like, well, who is this? She must be really famous. Um, everyone seems to know who she is. And I felt like a bit of a, a bit of an idiot, really, because I was like, well, why, why have I have no idea who it is? And I have no idea um, why the roots are so into this. It was, it was, uh, it was bizarre. Look at you, you soul head. I figured you would have gone straight for the, uh, the rock stuff. Well, <laughs> Yeah, well, I mean, there are some 
there are some experiences I could I could um, regale you with. I, I won't be greedy at this point. Um, that are more. <laughs> that are more rock. You may as well because I'm going to be greedy. The word so TJ, have you got an an example in inverted commas? And I've got three. (laughs) He's always got like six. (laughs) He's not even that far wrong, to be fair. (laughs) Okay, I'll I'll do one quick. um, I, I guess I'll go with one obligatory rock experience. This isn't going to be that much of a surprise. Why I went with the Amy Winehouse thing was because of the level of, you know, WTF moment about it. But um, I saw Rammstein at the O2, and everyone who has heard of what what Rammstein are like live in terms of they have the pyrotechnics, um, <clears throat> they have weird kind of, you know, people in gimp outfits. They have giant metal drums full of fire. They they ride across the audience. They have um, uh, they one at one point the guy I can't remember if it's the lead singer or one of the the other uh, members of the band has giant angel wings that that with fireworks shooting from the wings and so it, it's just it is one of the most incredible live experiences I think anyone. Um, could you know it could experience because it is exactly what it says on the tin. I mean, I'm not you know it depends. They they are an industrial band, and sometimes I don't know. I, I don't listen to a lot of their music in seclusion at home, but the, the epic nature of it um, in a concert uh, with all the fireworks, fire, and they, they do some insane things. I don't know how they've survived. All the all the, uh, the gigs <laughs> and the things they do to one another because uh, it's very circus delayed. Hmm? Where did you say you saw you saw them? Uh, this was the O2. They oh my gosh! Wow. Yeah, I mean they're, they're wow. the kind of band. Like, if you're, if you're near the front, you, you know your eyebrows are literally going to get singed off. <laughs> I cut you off as well. You said the things that they do to each other. What do they do to each other? Um. Well, I mean, there are there, there's kind of weird bondage stuff. Not not too graphic. I mean, they don't they don't sort of push the boundaries. But I think they do stuff with ang- uh, angle grinders. On you know, they have metal plating on their bodies, so they have you know stuff where they use the angle grinders. On I know, I've, I've, I've seen stuff like this where yeah. like where like I, I I remember I was at a nightclub once and there was a dancer who had. Um, basically a pair of metal pants on and an angle grinder and uh sorry i don't know how pg or so i'm not going to get too graphic but she had sparks <laughs> flying from her crotch out into the crowd which was quite a sight to behold you, you go wow. to a lot of things like this i believe <laughs> I, was, I was just in the, i was in the i was going to say the wrong place at the wrong time but maybe it was the right place i don't know anyway <laughs> It was an entertaining show, to say the least. And Anthony Joshua was there as well, which is really random. Oh, wow. But anyway, anyway, <laughs> sorry, moving on. Did he have metal pants on? No, he did not, <laughs> Anthony. How, how long ago was this as well? I feel like that's important. Um, it wasn't, I, I 
refused to comment any further on the grounds I made. It was last myself. week, wasn't it? It was your office Christmas, dude. <laughs> <laughs> no. A lively affair. Oh, my gosh. Well, I'll jump in next, then I'll take us to a whole other direction. For me, funny enough, I'll stick with the O2. Uh, for me, it was Prince. I mean, I, I'm a diehard Prince fan. I waited a mega, mega long time to see him live. And I feel like I could put this in sort of in my worst concert experiences as well, because I just have this long line of missed opportunities to see Prince live. And I flew off on my honeymoon uh we had a three-week honeymoon in um 2007 and uh the day we flew off is when prince announced 21 nights at the o2 and i completely missed them all <laughs> and and i'd waited years to see him live thankfully my brother and a friend uh had got me tickets while i was away and I came back and I had heard about it. I think we found a dodgy internet cafe like after about two weeks uh, of being away. And I just, you know, you're, you get the Ticketmaster emails back then. And it was, um, yeah, Prince is doing 21 nights at the O2. And I tried to buy a ticket, all gone. And I, I was distraught. But um, I ended up, we had three night tickets that we were going to. Um, I think the first, my, uh, it was Lisa's grandmother passed away. And uh she was like you know i can't go i have to go to my family i know what this means to you go and i made the huge error of saying thank you <laughs> but then after 10 <laughs> minutes calling saying no i just did the really wrong thing i'll come with you and she's sort of like yeah that was the right thing to do <laughs> but it was this huge slap in the face because you have to drive past the o2 to get to her folks and it was <laughs> on the night he was on we had tickets to Croke Park. Then if anyone heard about that one in like 2007 or eight, no. he canceled that at like the last minute in Dublin. And it was, you know, we had tickets to flight tickets, uh, airport, um, hotel tickets. He canceled that. Uh, but I did get to see him at the O2 and it was just, it was the best thing in the world. It really, really was. I'm a diehard Prince fan and I, we ended up seeing him twice. And um, oh, I would have gone to 21 nights if I could have. But um, yeah, he was... He was everything. Yeah, he was awesome. But any Prince fans by any chance? Yeah, for sure. I was. I was. Uh, that's one of my biggest regrets. Him and not getting to see him and Michael Jackson before they passed mm. away. The two ones that I'm utterly gutted that I didn't get to see. You, you and I actually tried to get. Well, we did. We did get tickets to the Michael Jackson. Um, yeah. One of the Michael Jackson gigs. The fifty. Um, yeah. Ridiculous. The 50 nights, right? I think he was up to at that point, 50 nights at the O2. And uh, gosh, that was... Oh, was that the same, the same time he passed away? Yeah. Yeah, just it was just yeah. like, I don't know how soon before they were supposed to start, but they were selling, obviously, the tickets. And it was, um, I think the numbers just kept going higher. And reports were that Michael Jackson was like, stop, stop raising the number. <laughs> I can't <laughs> keep, I can't do 50 nights. That They were reports. I don't know if they were true or not, but... It, it was disturbing. Um, I, I remember at the time thinking, I don't even think he's going to be able to do three, let alone 50. Yeah, that was... Um, and they tried to... I think we ended up with like £70 tickets and they said, do you want a refund or do you want a shiny commemorative ticket instead for the, for a gig that you didn't go <laughs> to? You didn't go to, yeah. 
How about no? How about no? I thought, you had to respect the effort, though. They're thinking, how can we recoup anything from this? But uh, yeah, you respected yeah. the effort, but it was like, no, I think we'll go with the refund. But that, yeah, that was but, the only time coming back to the print, the the, the Prince run of concerts at the O2. That was the only time um, I saw him, um, and yeah, that was that was incredible. Um, I really, magic, man. Yeah. I think he did some really. I'm gonna say he did some. Um, he, he did some more concerts in London, uh, not that long before he passed away. Maybe in the last two or three years. And I really wish I I tried. Oh, I think I did try to get a ticket, but I wish I tried harder. Well, they were those. Uh, if we're talking about the same ones, he did these run of secret London gigs where he would appear at different venues in London, like on the night. So like he did, the, I think he did the Jazz Cafe, he did Coco, he did yeah, Roundhouse. I think it is. I think it is that because he, he, had, he had an album out and I think he was giving away that album free or something. Was that, that, was that it? I don't know. No, no, that was, it wasn't that one he gave out free because he was doing those secret gigs with um, that his band at the time called the Third Eye Girl. It was uh, a, th- a three women who were like in the in the band, so he was promoting two albums at the same time. And I, I think he might I might have this wrong. He that one got like an official release because he spent several years of releasing albums through like the newspapers. And if you went to the O2, he gave the Planet Earth album for free with the ticket as well. So yeah, he did give a bunch of free out. Al- well, that's not really free albums, but yeah, with newspapers a couple times, but um yeah the one that the secret gigs yeah they i think they might he might have oh was i think he might have connected with warner brothers again i might be wrong but he connected with a major label i think to release those two albums because he was independent yeah. for a long time after the whole series yeah. thing wasn't it yeah yeah i actually went to a prince um um tribute gig uh last week uh, and it was my first tribute act. It was a, a friend of mine, like two days before. It was like, we went on a Thursday night and he, he messaged on a Tuesday and said, I've got a spare ticket. Do you want to go to a Prince tribute act at Scala? And I, I was like, okay. But it was it was really a terrible experience. He was, <laughs> the guy was really good. But it, no, because it, it was my first tribute gig. And he wasn't Prince wasn't the person I should have seen as a tribute gig because I I was obsessed and I just felt very empty watching it and that's no disrespect to the guy because the guy was very good and the band was very good but I just had you know watching it it was just like oh man this isn't Prince this is just make me sad you know oh, oh man I'm too obsessive so go on let's go to greedy Tej what have you got yeah. <laughs> <laughs> um, make some tea because I've probably got <laughs> <laughs> no so I mean I okay so I mean I, I would say it's, it's tough for me because um, there, there are four names <laughs> that I have um, but I'm going to try and whittle them down to two okay, okay. so <laughs> No, I think in terms of like expectation, um, history for like music I listened to growing up and like had had lived with, um, like my first my first loves of music uh, growing up, um, 
I'd probably go with uh, Tina Marie. I don't know if you guys have heard Oh, wow. Of her. Yeah, absolutely. Um, Rick James, Tina Marie. I got, yeah, Rick James, Tina Marie. I got to see her before she passed away in 2010. Um, well, actually, it was quite a bit before 2010, but I got to see her live. And Tina Marie uh, is, when I think back to like my early childhood, uh, all my brothers and sisters are older than me, and some of the first music I heard was proper old school hip hop, Grandmaster Flash, Mary Mel, that kind of stuff. But on the soul front was a lot of um, you know, Rick James, Tina Marie as well. And I got to see her in concert and it was it was a real and I went with my my older sister as well, who um, was a big Tina Marie fan. And uh and she yeah, she was a bit older but her voice was just as pure as it was on any cassette tape, yes I'm showing my age. Um, or, or or CD that I'd ever heard her on, and it was yeah for me that was a pretty pretty magical experience um, to get to see someone that you'd revered for so long that you I I'd actually resigned myself to thinking because she never really came over here to tour, um, and I kind of resigned myself like thinking now I'm never going to see this person live, and just yeah she came over, um, we managed to get tickets and. Um, yeah, and that was that was awesome. So, do you remember where? Um, uh, it was at I want to say Hammersmith. It was a long time ago now, but I'm pretty mm. sure it's Hammersmith, uh, Hammersmith Polo. Um, and that, funny enough, leads me quite handily into my second pick, which I won't take too long. On. But um, <laughs> that'll take all the time. The other, the, no, the other one uh, was Kate Bush. I was fortunate enough to. Oh, wow. Very, very hard to get tickets for Kate Bush. And again, another one that um, grew up listening to hearing her stuff coming from my siblings' uh, bedrooms and just had uh, a huge love for her, her uniqueness, her weirdness, her creativity, her songwriting, um, you know, that ethereal, that ethereal uh, voice of hers. Um, just a, a true natural talent um, and back, back, uh, be crazy as well. But um, but um, yeah, musical genius. And I um, and the way I managed to get the tickets was super fortunate because I was trying to get tickets. Uh, I don't I don't know if you guys kind of followed the story at the time. Is that she never really toured for years and years, and then she said she was going to do like a one off show. Yeah, yeah. Um, and released a bunch of tickets, which sold out super quick and. Um, at the time, I was trying to get tickets, and then uh, a girl I was working with who sat opposite me in the office, she managed to get a bunch, and she was like, yeah, one of them's yours. So I was like, oh, my God, that's amazing. So I went from the high of, I'm going to get tickets to the thing, and then didn't get any tickets, and then, oh, my God, you want me a ticket? That's the most amazing thing ever. Um, and, then, yeah, again, the concert was great. Her voice sounded superb. Um, she went off on some weird tangents, but that was nothing nothing less than I expected um and yeah just kind of came out of the concert buzzing and, and a high as as um I think you should do when you leave a concert that um you know when when you have an expectation of something and it lives up to it and you enjoy it and you love it um I think that's you know that's the ultimate ultimate for coming, yeah. coming out of a gig isn't that I might be getting my Kate Bush scenarios mixed up but didn't she do like a series of gigs uh, a few years ago now, I just seem to wasn't like maybe playing. No, she, was it each of her albums or something that she did. 
no, the, no, the one that I went to, I think it was either one-off or it was like five dates all at Hammersmith. Mm. Um, but yeah, it was. Well, it, but it was the same limited run because I I, I remember it was, looking at it. Yeah, it was super. Yeah, it was super limited and like tickets were were proper gold dust. But yeah, and she did like some of her newer stuff. Did some of the classics. It was a. It was an interesting experience. Put it that way. It was not boring. Um, but yeah, it was. Um, yeah, it was, it was great. So loved it. It's quite, but I've only ever really known like her singles, to be honest. Yeah. Like Cloudbusters and Running Up That Hill, Busting. which is amazing. Yeah, Busting, not Busters. That's uh, that's Cloudbusting. <laughs> that's that game show. That's yeah. that nineties game show. <laughs> Sorry. No <laughs> <laughs> cloud. Excellent. <laughs> so who's number three? Yeah. Uh, oh, I, I wasn't going to cover my other four, but oh, sure, no, go, 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 go. Uh, um, uh, so yeah, real, real quick. Um, Stevie Wonder saw him at Hyde Park again, uh, and that will link into uh, my choice of best track later on. Um, but yeah, Stevie Wonder, you know, lifelong fan. Getting the chance to see him uh, was incredible, and he was great, and it was. One of those like uh, the BST uh, Hyde Park gigs, so it was summer, great weather outside. Stevie just smashed it. A great day, just all round. It just yeah, that was that was amazing. So uh, absolutely loved that. Um, and then the last one, uh, Jamiroquai. Um, after years mm-hmm. of wanting to get to see Jamiroquai, um, and then they kind of disappeared for a long time. Like obviously they did all their. Um, uh, all the stuff probably came back about five years ago now, I think was the last time they released an album. Outside of the last one they released, I think it was. Um, and I never got a chance to see him live. And then they uh, were doing some gigs at Roundhouse and managed to get a ticket for that. And it, again, lived up to the hype of what I built up in my head um, visually, um, musically. His voice was still good. Um, the dance moves are more or less still there. He's obviously knocking on a bit now, but um, is he still wearing hats? He's so he had an amazing hat. He had this um, uh, this hat which it lit up and it had these kind of robotic spindles on it as well, and uh, kind of went in time with the music. And it was yeah, it was that was really really cool actually. Um, Question, but yeah, was this the 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 last album that I I know of his called? Automaton, auto. That's the one. Or something yeah. like that. Yeah, that, yeah, yeah. That's the one. That lead single was fantastic. I have to say, it's yes, it's one of my favourite. Yeah. But and he also did a thing. You know, sometimes when you go to a gig and an artist and a, an artist is doing it to show a new album, and predominantly you'll get the new stuff, and but they're more well known for their older stuff. And I, I sometimes find like you know sometimes you go to gig and they'll push out all the new stuff and then it might drop like one or two of the old tracks you know like, oh, well that's not what people really came to hear you sing yeah but he did a really good balance of you know the new stuff the old stuff you know like across all of the albums um you know didn't shy away from you know the big tracks that he's classically known for um 
yeah, so that was yeah, that was a really nice, uh, really nice balanced concert. So yeah. Do you remember in the um, well, I guess it must have been the nineties and early noughties when um, uh, Jamira Choir were at their peak, uh, and JK was always writing off Lamborghinis and Ferraris, <laughs> you know, drunk yeah. driving incidents, and just generally being a tit. <laughs> We've all been there. <laughs> Which is a real shame because I thought, you know, um, he was, well, they, he's gonna, they were fat. He's going to burn himself out. <laughs> no, he seemed, he seemed in good. That's what, that's what I mean. It's like, you know, that someone like him, he would have been partying hard. He would have been, you know, drinking, doing whatever, like drugs and whatnot. And, you know, living that lifestyle, and especially because they disappeared for quite a long time before they released their last album. Yeah, and I, I was concerned that you know, because he's got quite a distinctive voice, um, and I was concerned that you know maybe after all these years, what you know, what if I finally get to see him live and his voice is gone, or you know, whatever. But it was just as good as I can, you know, as you would like it to be, and yeah, I have no complaints at all. So, Imran, you found excellent. Yeah, it was. Imran, are you going to tell us about that time you saw uh, Keith Harris and Orville live in vinyl? We're only covering sort of B-level gigs for this show. So when we discuss the A-level gigs, that's when I'll discuss <laughs> that show. But um, we're not, you know, out Prince and then... We're not, ready. We're, not, we're not ready for that yet. Yeah, yeah, yeah. We've got to ease people into it. But <laughs> to surmise this show, as, teach, as as you've alluded to, we're going to close each one with a song that, uh, you know, the guest gets to pick. And um, the, the guest has to sing the song as the outro. Oh, yes, of course. Absolutely. Oh, yeah. Because we sure. haven't got any MP3s here. So, Tej, if you could just lead the way while Dan beatboxing. <laughs> Uh, you know I would, but my mic is just showing it. There's an error thing that keeps on coming up, ah, so I think yeah, it's yeah, probably yeah. best I don't know. Maybe next time, though. We next may have time, to play I'll it. Step up. So, what would you? Uh, uh, what, what are you going to play us out with? <laughs> so, I am going to go with um, Stevie Wonder, um, the great man himself, and um, I'm going to go for a classic. I'm going to go with Superstitious. That is a uh, I think um, I don't think I've seen a crowd goes nuts to a track um, as they did when that came on in Hyde Park. I think the whole, like looking across the whole of the park, just everyone was up and dancing and just getting down. And uh, yeah, just even just thinking back to it now, just giving me goosebumps. So yeah, superstitious by Stevie Wonder. Thank you.